You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. This is Turn Knowledge to Profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. Now, here are your hosts for Turn Knowledge to Profit, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors, Janelle and Michael McCauley. Welcome, and thank you for joining us on Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm Janelle McCauley, and along with my co-host, Michael, each week we bring you the insights, ideas, and tools that you need to earn more, make a bigger impact, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream of. You're going to want to take notes, so grab a pen and paper, and let's get started. This week in our Business Builder segment, Michael will be talking about the importance of not overwhelming your clients with too much information too quickly. That's up in a bit in our Business Builder, so stay tuned. But first up, it's our success interview. And today we are talking with sales expert Katie Nelson. Through her company, Sales Uprising, Katie helps businesses both big and small optimize their sales process from initial cold calling through the creation of a long client relationship. With more than 25 years of experience in all types of sales situations, Katie knows what it takes to create excitement around sales. For many entrepreneurs, sales is the most challenging part of their business. And this is a topic that I am very passionate about, so I'm very excited to be talking with Katie today on how she approaches the sales process, and I know that she's got a lot to share with all of you that can help boost your profitability and really grow your business. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thanks, Janelle. I'm really excited to get into the really the heart of our conversation, but to get started so our listeners can learn a little bit about you. Can you tell us a little bit about your business, how it started, how it evolved over time and got you to where you are today? Sure. I absolutely, absolutely. Um, so uh, Sales Uprising is two years old, a little over two years old. It's also my third business. And if you, not, not consecutively, it's the one that I'm in now, but I have owned three businesses. So now I find myself a serial entrepreneur. Uh, mm. However, if you had asked me if I ever wanted to be a business owner, the answer would have been no. It would have been an emphatic <laughs> no. It would have been a heck under no circumstances. Thank you so much for asking, but no. <laughs> uh, mm. And the, there's a reason for that. My, both my parents were entrepreneurs. And it's not an easy life. And so how I found myself in sales uh, when I was a kid is because I wanted freedom. And mm-hmm. if you can make money as a kid, you have freedom. But mm-hmm. how I found myself as a business owner is because uh, I found a niche where business owners have a really complicated relationship with selling. Mm-hmm. They really, really do. And, uh, you know, uh, corporations that are doing great with their sales are not my market. They're doing fine. It's all of the businesses that need to understand where sales fits for them. Those are my people. And I do it, and I do it really, really well. And so that's how Sales Uprising got started. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, you know, I know that that you say um, that we're selling from birth, so sales is natural to us. So why do you think that so many people have such a complicated relationship with sales? Oh, so many reasons, right? So just like um, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson will tell you that children are born scientists, Mm -hmm. right? They have this natural curiosity about everything around them, and they want to play with it and take it apart and put it back together. And then somewhere along the way, we lose that, Mm -hmm. right? For me, it's the same way with we're born selling. Um, At its simplest, when you smile as a baby to get some attention, right? 
These mm-hmm. are automatic instincts within us. Mm-hmm. They, they further our species. They keep us warm and taken care of. It's the same reason why we cry. Some of it is absolutely instinctual and has to mm-hmm. be done. But other times, especially as we grow, that's not quite the case, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that society and as, our, as we start thinking, like as our uh, brains grow and have the ability mm-hmm. to process more input, we let things like fear or um, stories that have happened to us as children in our formative years, these are the things that stop us from thinking that selling is a good thing. The potential, the first time you tried to sell something or asked a friend if they wanted to play and they said no, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and in the corporate world, uh, the more we grow, we hear all sorts of crazy things like the snake oil sales. And we have tons of great examples uh, that marketing has given us about how selling is bad. Mm-hmm. So, why do you, where do you start when you're talking to people about helping diagnose what their challenge is? How do you start that conversation and how do you get them to shift that perspective on how to approach it? What a great question, uh, first of all. Um, so the, the, the way that I first diagnose a problem is I will ask you how many sales calls you make in a month or in a Mm -hmm. week, depending on your sales cycle, right? If we've Mm -hmm. gotten to that conversation, then you and I have developed a little bit of a relationship. And so Mm -hmm. I get to know you and I get to understand how your business runs. Uh, Mm -hmm. And then I just, I I communicate the questions. I just ask, right? Mm -hmm. If if we're looking to up our sales game, so how many of these things are you doing? And depending on that answer is going to tell me where I need to go with the rest of the conversation. If you're making 40 calls in a month, and you're closing one of them as a client, like to have them become a client, then you're going to have a different concern than someone who makes one call or five calls mm-hmm. and doesn't convert. Or even someone who makes five calls and converts all five. Mm-hmm. Right? There's going to be a reason for that too. Right. No, absolutely. So do you think, because I have this conversation with people all the time, I find that very few people, at least ones I've talked to, and that may not, it, it may be unusual, don't have any idea what their conversion number is. And I, I personally think that's an important number to know. How many conversations do you have to have? How many people then go to the next level? How many people go to the next level? And then you really understand what kind of population you've got to be out in front of. Or you've got to look at the conversation so that you can, you know, increase your conversion. I'd love your thoughts on that. I was going to say, one, I'm so giving you a big hug. Uh, conversion numbers are, <laughs> thank you for loving conversion numbers, and it's really, really true. Um, people don't pay attention. The entrepreneurs that I speak to also don't know these numbers or that it's even something they need to pay attention to, mm-hmm. right? So um, conversion is the biggest thing. Part of it, I think, is that you just don't know, Right? Depending Mm -hmm. on where you approach entrepreneurship or business ownership from, that may not have ever been uh, something in your purview. Um, Mm -hmm. But what I tell my people is, like, data is your best friend. Mm -hmm. The the journey of being an entrepreneur at times can be an emotional one, like when we're sitting alone in our offices doing our admin and getting prepared or creating a business plan, or if we just lost a big contract. Entrepreneurship is can be a relatively mm-hmm. lonely journey. Uh, mm-hmm. And when we're looking at our sales, uh, the, concept, the concept, not even necessarily the actual happening of rejection, can be really powerful. Mm-hmm. And so I, I challenge my clients to remember that emotions aren't facts, and that data is your friend. Mm-hmm. Like data in your business is your best friend, and your sales data is the most important data. Mm-hmm. 
that's what's going to tell you how far you can grow, what you can accomplish in a year, what is your potential for scalability. It's, it's your everything number. It's the beginning of your everything number. I love the way that you put that because I think it is important for people to understand you've got to know your numbers. And it doesn't mean that you're not successful or you're not doing something right, but what it does is it gives you a benchmark that you can then make adjustments. If you don't know, then, you know, anything will work. I mean, you know, there's the, the quote, and I'll probably get it wrong, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. It doesn't happen. So if you know, then you can adjust, you can pivot, you can you know, recalculate your GPS, however you want to put it, and it makes such a difference in where you go. Absolutely. Right? So mm-hmm. uh, sales, if if we're born with the ability to sell, okay, or if we're mm-hmm. born selling, and then mm-hmm. we very much decidedly decide to make a decision that is not something that we want to be a part of, and we stop doing it, then it's like going to the gym, right? Then mm-hmm. sales is something that you, you have to go to the gym. You have to rebuild those muscles. And until mm-hmm. you rebuild those muscles, you're not going to have the ability to provide yourself as a business with the opportunity to adjust, pivot, grow, scale, right, Mm. change. Mm -hmm. You're actually not giving – if we're looking at it from a health and wellness perspective or from a holistic Mm -hmm. perspective, right, we're Mm -hmm. not feeding our business uh, what it needs to survive. We're giving it fast food instead of whole foods, Mm. right? We're taking the easy way out. We're being lazy, like, oh, my gosh, can I say that? We're being lazy. If, if, we're, not paying, if, if we're not paying attention mm-hmm. uh, and we're just um, letting sales come and go, like that feather in Forrest Gump that's, like, just floating on the wind with the pretty music, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. then we're, we're not being active and not providing ourselves what we need to be able to get where we want, where we say we want to go where we say we want to go. Well, and I think, I think one of the things with people that for me is so important is we're in business because we have something to offer that's going to make a difference to the people that we reach. And I think we really do them a disservice when we say, I don't like to sell, sell. so we don't offer them something that could really be life-changing to them and their business. So I think it's more taking it off of us and saying, I don't like to sell, versus look at the impact we're making to the other people. And all we've got to do is ask them, I believe, ask the right questions to take people down a path to help them figure out and decide what's going to make the difference to them. And they can opt in or opt out, and that's okay. A hundred percent. You are so absolutely like, aligned with the way that I think about this. I completely agree with you, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually, I've, I gave a talk recently, and one of the questions that came back was, okay, well, so during this process, I give all of these great testimonials, and I show uh, the potential clients that I have in the audience, the results of these things, isn't that enough? Isn't, enu- isn't it enough if I just tell them how it can change their life? And the answer is always going to be no. That's mm-hmm. not enough. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you don't know how that may potentially apply to them. That doesn't, that doesn't no, that's not enough. That doesn't tell them how to work with you. That doesn't Mm -hmm. make them feel special. That doesn't tell them exactly how much money they're going to save or how big an impact this is going to have in their their life. It's great Mm -hmm. that you as that person have awesome testimonials that you can give about the impact of your services, but how does Mm -hmm. that really apply to them? Maybe they can see a glimmer of it, Mm -hmm. but you've got to turn it up to full wattage and actually enter into that selling conversation and let them know how to work with you and let them know that, that you can have that impact on their life as well. Mm-hmm. It's actually no, a I huge absolutely. disservice. 
Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. And I think that they have to figure out where they are and where they want to go. And I want to continue this conversation. I can't believe it's already time for our break. Uh, I I know. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit about how people can get started because I know that the majority of people know they need help and maybe a couple of things that they can do to start thinking differently about um, what they've done. And I would like you to think about um, on our break, what's this kind of an example that you can share with us on how somebody made that shift and, and the tangible results that it did make in, in their business. Um, so we'll be right back. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Janelle McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. Today on our success interview, we're talking with sales expert Katie Nelson. Her company, Sales Uprising, helps both big and small companies optimize their sales process. And if you missed our conversation before the break, you absolutely need to go back and listen to it. I loved when Katie said that data is your friend and emotions aren't fact. I think it's really important for us to to really internalize that. And, you know, I loved when she used the example, I think a lot of times we treat sales like fast food versus whole food. It's something you really need. So rather than run away from it. I'm going to invite all of our listeners to really pay attention to the second half and really lean into what they need to do. So thank you, Katie, for all of the things you shared in the first part of our conversation. And I want to start the second part talking just a little bit about mindset because we all have, you know, these money stories that we got from when we grew up. And for me personally, it was really making that shift and really realizing that I had something of value to offer. And it's not about me. It's about the person that I'm able to reach and to help. And I'd love to know how you have that conversation with people or what you can suggest to get people to really start shifting that it's not about them, it's about the people that they're serving. <laughs> I would love to. Uh, thank you for asking. Uh, mindset is so important in – I can't name a thing it's not important in. So 100% of what we do, mindset is important. Sales is no different 
if you are the type of person who believes that sales is a predatory action and you walk into a room and you think every single person in this room is my client, I'm going to play hungry, hungry hippo, and I'm going to gobble up as many of them as I possibly <laughs> can, right? Um, mm -hmm. it, it is going to be felt by the people who are about to get devoured by you and mm -hmm. may or may not net the results that you are looking for, right? At the mm -hmm. same time, if you stand in the middle of the room uh, with the mindset that you are so awesome, all of these people are going to come and talk to you so that they can learn all about your product or service so that you can mm -hmm. offer it to them and then you're going to have a fantastic relationship and deliver mm -hmm. it. It's going to be beautiful. Mm -hmm. Nobody is going to approach you <laughs> in that manner. They'll feel that mm -hmm. too if you mm -hmm. just stand there, right? So there's really mm -hmm. a, a balance. Uh, as with so many things, sales mindset is a balancing act. Um, and you have to, it, it has to do with being genuine in mm -hmm. making connections. But, and, and I know that today so much is about networking and marketing, um, and all of those things are wonderful, but sales is the ultimate connection. It's mm -hmm. where people are willing to sign on the bottom line to say, I've connected with you. I have this no like, and trust factor. I believe you, so let's do this. I think mm -hmm. that you can have the impact you say that you can have, and so let's go forward in this relationship. If you don't believe any of that about sales, if you are wrapped up in this is potential for me to be rejected or I don't want people to think I'm pushy, I get that a lot. Right? Mm -hmm. I get, Katie, I need to work with you because when I sell, I feel, you know, I feel pushy and I don't want people to think I'm pushy. Mm -hmm. So for all of you out there that are listening, if this is a sentence you have ever uttered, in your life, I actually need you to close your eyes and think about a time in your life when you were pushy. It's actually not something that pushy people say, mm -hmm. first of all, right? Mm, um, and, and second of all, uh, sales, when done best and when it's scalable and when it's, it's most repeatable, would mm -hmm. never be a push. It would be exactly like you described in the first half of the segment where it's you literally, you've created a relationship with a potential client, mm -hmm. you lay out the options, and then they have the ability to say, this is for me or this is not for me. Mm -hmm. Now, as the person who's selling, if you have questions about their answer, then ask mm -hmm. those questions. It's just right. a conversation, right? It's a, it's a conversation. That's so true, and I think it's really important. I think one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is they're so um, anxious to make the sale that they're presenting options, but they don't really understand what the challenge is of the person that they're talking to. And another <laughs> one thing we, that we really focus on with the Women Network is to really build the relationship and know what someone needs. So you can refer them. You can offer them a solution. But we need to know inside ourselves that what we're you know, when we're talking to someone that they've got something that's going to help us, but when someone says, you need what I have to offer, I'm like, well, wait a minute. You don't even know me, and you're telling me I need this. Why don't you get to build a relationship first and understand, and then maybe I do need it, but thanks, but no thanks. I'm going to go find somebody else. I think that happens too often. It, ha it happens on both sides of the coin, right? I run mm -hmm. a company called Sales Uprising. Uh, can I tell you how many times I've reached out to make a connection with someone to learn more about their business or their space in the community or how I can help or what, you know, find out more about them just as a mm -hmm. human. And they've said, thank you so much, but I'm not looking for your services at this time. <laughs> and I think to myself, I, I don't even know if I want to give you my services. I don't know you. <laughs> like, right. I just wanted to say, hey, and, and see if we had anything in common other than that place that we met, right? So right. I think it can happen in, in both spaces. And I think it's really, really true. The number one thing about sales after the ask, like sales is not mm -hmm. sales if it's not the ask. If you don't ask mm -hmm. for it, it's not selling. Um, <laughs> uh, the number one most important thing is qualification. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know why that's such a difficult thing for business owners to think about. We do it everywhere else in our life. 
right? Okay. So you're buying a house. Does it have enough bedrooms? Does it have a fence for my dog to run in so I don't have to walk him? Does it have mm-hmm. a big kitchen because I love to cook? Does it have this, that, the other thing, mm-hmm. right? Or if you're, if you're looking for your partner in life, mm-hmm. right, are they interested in these types of things? Are these their values and their qualities? It's really no different. Mm-hmm. Uh, my so favorite it's, is it's, that, oh, and I'm sorry, okay. but budget. No. Don't let me forget to tell you uh-huh. that qualifying is also asking about budget. Mm. right? Like, why are we so afraid of that question? You may or may not be a fit for me or my business, depending uh-huh. on your budget. That, that's right. a real thing, and that's okay. Well, you know, when you talk about budget, people say, I can't afford it. But I think it's really important to challenge people when you're talking to them. Can you afford not to? What's the value of one new client? What's the value of one new idea that could change everything in your business? I think we shut a lot of things down too quickly without really understanding how they can impact the result. 100%. Absolutely. Right. So, and it's, uh, right. the other one is time. They'll say, "I don't have time." Right. So, mm-hmm. our, our two big go-to's when we're trying to be polite and and rejecting someone, or to say, "I don't have money or time." And most of the time, it doesn't have anything to do with the person asking. It has everything to do with the fears or concerns of the person that's buying. Right. Mm-hmm. Or you may not have been able to um, appropriately explain the impact that they're going to receive by working from you which is mm-hmm. why when you get a, I can't afford it or I don't have the time for it, I'm always going to recommend that you ask follow-up qualification questions because mm-hmm. there's not a single person that isn't going to be interested in those answers, right? I'm not, I'm not even necessarily asking you so that I can pitch you again. I'm asking you because we've had this relationship that was going in this direction. Otherwise, I never would have had a closing conversation with you. And right. now that I've asked you the question, you've said no. So where is it that we went off the rails? What is it about this offer that, doesn't, that didn't meet the expectation that you had as we went through this relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, and people usually give you an objection to shut down the conversation. So I find that people usually say, I can't afford it, because they know that that will trigger. I don't, I don't think they know it will trigger money stories, but I know that it usually shuts people down because people don't want to pry because it sets off their money stories. And I think there's smokescreen objections. It's the, the first, even the second objection they give you is not usually the actual objection or the actual fear. And I think we shut down the conversation too early without asking those questions to really understand and help guide them through the decision-making process, whatever that decision is. Oh, my gosh. So, Janelle, can I ask you a question? Hmm. Somewhere in your history... Did you ever used to work in a call center? Um, like I did. I actually, I actually, I actually um, managed um, a group in uh, financial planning in a call center. But I'm yes. actually, I am so passionate about this topic because <laughs> I know that it is going to shift the way people do business and the impact we have with the people that we reach. And I've, in probably the last three or four months. I've, I've read over 25 books and researched trying to find the right combination. And what it's done is helped me really crystallize what's important um, and just to be able to have those conversations. That's why I was so excited about having the conversation with you today because this, is a, this sales is a game changer in the success of business, I believe, a game changer. It is the game. Like, it's not a game change. Like, so, yes. So an entrepreneur's mindset and getting the right mindset about their sales is the game changer. But let's mm-hmm. be honest, Chanel, the definition of business is making money. Mm-hmm. That's actually, like, that's what the point of a business is. It's not right. an emotional thing. Even if, even if I ended up going into business for myself because I'm a stay-at-home mom and I, or I wanted to be able to spend more time with my kids. I wanted to be able to have more freedom. I mm-hmm. wanted to be able to be, right? Even if all of, all of the reasons that I went into being an entrepreneur, owning my own business are emotional, mm-hmm. the business itself isn't. Right. So even if it's a part of our vision, mission, and values to provide impact and make mm-hmm. people 
feel their best or whatever, or whatever the case is, the, the functions of a business aren't related to that. The success mm-hmm. of a business has everything to do with selling. If you aren't selling, you don't run a business. Right? You have a hobby. So, you have a hobby if you're not making money. Right, which is okay. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with having a hobby. You just need to make sure that you're using appropriate language so that you mm-hmm. don't get pitched a whole bunch of things. Right? And it, there's a big conversation, and this is a little off topic, so I apologize. But there's a, you know, there's a big conversation about hobbyists versus lifestyle businesses uh, and, and then corporations, right, big business. Mm-hmm. And all of them have to sell, right? If you want a lifestyle business, that's still money coming in the door so you can afford whatever form of life you want. Right. So there's still selling involved, right? Yes. Selling Absolutely. is an in, is the integral part and parcel to owning a business. It's o- owning a nonprofit the same way, right? So when we say, mm-hmm. I'm not running a nonprofit, I, I hate it when people say that because the truth of the matter is you could be. A 501c3 designation is a back-end tax designation. It doesn't have mm-hmm. anything to do with how much money that institution has to actually generate to keep its doors open and stay mission-focused and provide whatever they're looking to provide. Right. No, you're absolutely right. And I think it's really important. It breaks my heart when someone says, I've got to go back and get a day job because they aren't making money with their business. And I know if they really took a step back and looked at, like we talked about in the first part of our conversation, when we talked about numbers and metrics and your conversion, I think looking at some of those key indicators would help you say, it's working or it's not. One of the things we do at Elam Network, and, and we teach all of our members this too, Sandra uses it, it's called plan to review. You know, plan to do something, actually do it, and then look at the results and make a shift. And I tell people, you know, when they're having those sales conversations or having, you know, conversations about what they offer, if you do it five times and you get no results, but take a step back and look at what you're asking and what you're doing and maybe try something a little bit different. Or when you're introducing yourself and you don't get interest, shift your introduction. It's all about taking that step back so that you can leap forward and really get the results that you want. Absolutely, and that's going to happen. You know, knock on wood, you've run a really successful business. And that taking a step back to, to get to your next level is going to happen uh, in every level of business you have, mm-hmm. there is something to slowing down so that you can speed up. Mm-hmm. And once you have that winning formula for your business, that's when you get to do that. And you won't know that unless you are reviewing. You won't know that unless you're keeping a critical eye on what's getting results for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I just believe- have to say... Yeah, I know. I, we, we're probably out of time, but just really quickly, the reason why the call center thing came up is because at 15 and a half years old, which is the legal age that you can work in Arizona at the time that I went to go work, I went to go work mm-hmm. for a call center. And mm. uh, one of the very first things that they teach you is to make three objections or overcome objections three times. And the mm-hmm. reason for that is because you are, and of course they didn't teach it to us this way, or if they did at 15 and a half, it's not how I remember it. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, it's just a lesson that really holds true. People really don't know why, why they're saying no, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the reason why people are really saying no is because their no like, and trust hasn't been solidified in what you're trying to deliver. So you right. give them the opportunity to know, like, and trust you more as you work through mm-hmm. those overcoming objections perspectives, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you also really get down to the nitty-gritty, right? You really, the smoke, the smoke screen that they put up really has the opportunity to clear so that right. you can get down to the real conversation and whatever it is that's going on with them to even see if it's a right fit. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I, that's what it yeah, made me I remind of. <laughs> I agree. I can't believe we're actually out of time. But how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about what you have to offer? Well, I would love it if they would visit www.salesuprising.com and sign up for my newsletter. Uh, 2019 is going to be a really exciting time with a lot of tips. Um, They'll get to follow my journey as a business owner in my selling activity, uh, and that's where it all starts. So salesuprising.com and sign up for my newsletter. That would be great. 
Perfect. Um, I, so I encourage all of you to do that because I think sales in 2019 should absolutely be your focus. And can you give, as we end our time together, can you give our listeners just one action item or one thing that they can do to really start to build momentum in building and growing their business? Absolutely. Uh, you know, our reticular activating system is a really important part of our brain. It's one of the reasons why we do things like create vision boards. So I, um, I want to give them the tips that they need to have their monthly sales numbers on their vision board. I want them to be able to look at it and see it. Once it's in front of us and we have the ability to focus on it, we can strive for it. It's step one. You have to know where you want to be going, right? So focus on your sales numbers. It will help guide your feet toward doing sales actions. Mm, I like that, guide your feet towards, towards the sales actions. I love that. So, Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been a great conversation. I know we could talk for hours. So we may have to come ah. back and do part two and see where people are going. So thank you so much, Katie, for your time. Thank you, Janelle. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you and your listeners. This was a lot of fun. Oh, it was. We need to get a real quick break, and when we come back, it's our business builder. So stay tuned. This is John L. McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm looking for a certain kind of woman, and I think you know her. She's an entrepreneur that is highly connected, successful, significant in her own industry, and considered the go-to woman in her community. She's received so much from so many women in business, she's ready to give back to others on their journey, lifting as she climbs. Hi, this is Sandra Yancey, and I'm the founder and CEO of eWomen Network. I'm looking to connect with the woman I've just described who lives in your community so that we might have a conversation about how eWomen Network's proven success system can provide her a platform to elevate her success and ability to support women in business. Our international community of managing directors are influencing the speed of success for women in business around the world. If that sounds like something that you want to be part of or know someone we should talk with, send an email to managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. That's managingdirector at eWomenNetwork.com. And let's start the conversation. Are you a coach, speaker, or author who would like to finally earn what you know you're worth? Would you like to create a life that gives you more time to do the things that you love? Entrepreneurs like you hire us to turn their knowledge into a full range of scalable products that earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live the life others only dream about. With our done-for-you approach, we do all the heavy lifting, creating the right products for you, your clients, and your business. The potential is limitless. If you want to leverage your time so you can earn more while working less, visit us today at TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com and find out just how far your knowledge can take you. You're listening to Janelle McCauley on the EWN Radio Network. Welcome back. This is Michael McCauley, and you're listening to Turn Knowledge to Profit. I'm here with Janelle, and in our Business Builder segment today, we're talking about how to keep from overwhelming your clients with content. You know, I think we have a tendency to provide too much information, TMI, and I think it's really important to understand just how much information people need to really make a decision and give them the right information. Just because you give them more doesn't mean it's better. Yeah, absolutely it doesn't. And in fact, I was just talking to someone yesterday um, and we were talking about clients. She was a coach and, and we were talking about each other's clients. And basically, um, you know, I said to her, I have yet to meet a client who wanted to put too little into their course. Every single one of the people that I work with always want to put too much into their course. And I think that's natural. That's natural for us as coaches. We want to tell everybody everything we know about whatever it is we're good at um, we want to provide them with just as much knowledge as we possibly can and, and we sort of forget um, that we may have been at it for 5 10 15 20 years of learning and they're new they're just starting 
And so to overload them with everything you know, you may think you're doing them a service, but in actuality, you're, you're not. You're just, you're just really causing them to freeze up and do nothing. Well, and I always think back to, and um, I, I sometimes think, should I share this or not? But remember back six years ago when we were first starting and we were talking to a hospital and we did a PowerPoint for an hour talk. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was about 45 slides and it was so much information. And you always have said after that, it was like putting 10 pounds of rice in a five pound bag. And at the end, people said it was great information, but they were glassy eyed. They had so much nobody knew what to do next because you can't boil it down to one or two things that they can do and that is the key is giving them the right information at the right level so that they can actually figure out what action to take next and get into action i i, I totally remember that i mean i, I don't know <laughs> I, sometimes i think we're crazy because i look back on that literally it was a one hour live presentation and we just told them everything we knew as fast as we could tell it to them. And we had examples and we had exercises and we had slides. And we, and, and I look back on that several years later and think, well, no wonder they didn't do anything. They were just totally blown out of the water with all the stuff they had to do. And in fact, just to give you an idea of how much stuff was in that, we took parts of that, just parts of that one hour presentation and made it into a four hour webinar so that wasn't even everything we told them in an hour and we we did it in four hours and it's still you know i look back on that one it might have been a little bit too much information but we did get results because right. it was actually in chunk sized pieces with activities in ways that they could actually take action so we did get great results yeah absolutely and you know it's it's totally natural to to do that in the beginning but um i mean think of the example the example i always think of is um when was the last time you went to make a buying decision about something and a product or a service or whatever and you decided to go on the internet and uh, see if it was really a good product and so you wanted to compare it against other products and you wanted to look at different options and you wanted to see where different places you could buy it and before you know it like an hour or two hours have gone by and you're totally confused because now not only do you see the product that you wanted, but now you've seen the pros and cons of five or six other products, and now you can't make a decision. Well, that's an example of just having too much information. And so one of your jobs as a coach, speaker, or author is to, not, is to give information, but the other job you have is to really focus that information down so that whoever is taking the information in can do something with it. And they're not overwhelmed. Absolutely. And because it's really important, I think it is our obligation to make sure that they can get into action. Because I always remind myself that when a client takes no action and makes no decision, they're still making a decision. And it's, it's really our obligation as the experts to give them the tools, resources, and information so that they can take action and make the change that they want to make. So how can someone keep from overwhelming their clients? Well, the, the best way to do it is to really think in terms of uh, layers, like an onion. So, you know, have an offering, a product or a service that provides just the first layer for new clients. Because don't forget, if they're brand new, just the first layer of what you know is probably enough for them or maybe even is going to overwhelm them. You know, it, 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 if you go to buy a car and that's not something you do very often, you really don't have to know everything there is to know about how it works. You just have to know which is the one that's right for you. So the same thing for your clients. They don't have to know everything you know about sales or networking or product development or whatever it is you're an expert in. They just have enough to know enough to make a difference in their business or their life. Then you can have some things that are a little bit more in depth for those clients who want to take it more farther or want to know more and they can take advantage of that that's the next layer and then the next layer is for those folks who really really want to become experts in it and so by using that sort of layer approach you're um, leveraging what you know and we've talked about that in other business builders but you're leveraging what you know in more and more depth 
for clients who are more and more interested and and can really use that information. Well, and I think it does help you identify when you use that approach, it helps you identify what stage people are at based on how they respond. And I always challenge people to have a couple of questions that you can ask so that you can quickly determine where your prospect, where your potential client is at. I think oftentimes we tend to start out at a certain point. I was having this conversation yesterday with someone. You need to be able to know where someone is because everyone starts at a different spot. It's not a one size fits all. And I think sometimes we tend to approach what we do as a one size fits all. Yeah, we do. You know, and, and not only your client's perspective, but from your perspective, it doesn't do you any service either. Um, the, the sort of put it all into one course really leads to us undervaluing what it is we do. So, um, you know, if you, if you do one hour that's just jam packed with everything, you know, you can only charge so much for that hour. But if you um, spread it out, provide the information at a little bit slower uh, rate so that the, the people in the audience can actually absorb that information, you're doing them a service, but you're also doing yourself a service because that four hour or six hour or eight hour, whatever it ends up being, product that you have is worth a lot more than that one hour service that you had. Even though it's the same information, people perceive it as being worth a lot more. And so that then enables us to raise our our own price to a level that that is commensurate with you know what we're really worth. Well, I think it also allows you to be able to take people through activities, through exercises, through some thoughtful process so they can absorb the information and internalize it because we can sit here and tell someone that they absolutely need to take a certain action and we know because we've done it time and time again that that action is critical for success but unless someone really believes that and internalizes that themselves they're not going to take that action because they're just going to see it as us telling them to do it versus them seeing that it's actually going to move the dial. Right. You know, I think I think also there's this tendency that we have to um, want to fill every single minute of every single course with something. And it's really OK to have some silence in there. I know that in the course that you did, Janelle, for um, uh, health and wellness, there were some places in there where you had an exercise and then you actually told the audience, I'm going to give you a minute now to complete this piece, whatever that piece was. And literally, it was quiet for a minute and there was nothing there. Now, you know, you could use a little bit of background music, you could use silence, whatever it is, but there's really nothing going on for that minute. And that's t really OK. It's OK in a live setting. It's OK to do in, in a recorded setting. Um, you know, don't forget that if it's recorded, somebody, if they don't want to do it, they'll just skip over it. You know, it's not a big deal. If, uh, but if you don't put it in there, um, they don't have an opportunity to really try it out. And I think, you know, going back to what you said, I think that's really, really key is to make sure people have an opportunity to experience what you're telling them. And, and, and that's really good from their perspective. And again, going back to uh, the coaches, speakers and authors, it's really a great opportunity from our perspective, because it allows your audience to really experience the value that you bring to whatever it is you're doing, which then typically encourages them to re request more, get more information, maybe work with you further. Absolutely. And I even think about having that silent time when you're having conversations, when you're networking, when you're doing anything, it's not just in your delivery of your products. I think it's a skill that we can use in everything we do because we can really listen and pay attention to what someone's saying. And it's okay to take 30 seconds, 60 seconds to process the information. I think so often we're so busy trying to think about what we're gonna say next that we miss what they're saying when they're communicating to us and we're not really answering the right thing. That's how you build relationships. That's how you make that connection. Silence is okay. It's not a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting that you got, you went down that path because it is absolutely true. We're talking about overwhelming the client, but it can be overwhelming the prospect as well. 
So uh, I don't know if you've been in a, maybe at a networking event. I know I've been at one where I meet someone and there's the usual pleasantries. Hi, how are you? What do you do? You know, back and forth, that sort of goes. And then they just launch into this long talk about how interesting their business is and what they do and where they go. It's almost like they're just overwhelming me with all sorts of information, way more than I actually wanted to know about their business or that I needed to know about their business. And so here I am, you know, standing in this conversation thinking, well, gosh, you know, this is too much information. I mean, I, 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 do I really want to work with this person? Do I really want to partner with this person? I, I can't even get a word in edgewise. And so it's the same, it's the same thing. It's, it's that give and take. It's, you know, it's the layer approach. So what I try to always do in networking is use the layer approach. Um, you know, the, the pleasantries of hi, how are you? What do you do? What's, you know, that back and forth. And then tell me about your business. And I give them two or three sentences. And then if they go to a different topic, we go to a different topic. But if they are interested and if my first two or three sentences are good, then more often than not, they'll say, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more or some version of that. Absolutely. And I think it's that quality versus quantity. So I'm going to challenge all of our listeners to go to our Facebook page on Turn Knowledge to Profit and share how you're using some of that quiet time to really listen to what the other person's saying so that you're providing the right level of information. And I'm going to challenge everyone to look at your products and look at what you're delivering to your clients and really ask yourself, are you giving too much information? You know, this has really been a great conversation. I want to thank all of you for joining us today on Turn Knowledge to Profit. Again, I want to remind you to visit our Turn Knowledge to Profit page on Facebook and share your questions, your insights, and your ahas. And also share one action you're going to take in the next week to turn your knowledge into profit. If you have an idea for our future show, be sure to email me at michael at tk2p.com. That's michael at tk2p.com. Have a wonderful and profitable week. Turn knowledge to profit, where entrepreneurs like you find the insights, experience, and tools they need to earn more, make a bigger impact in the world, and create the freedom to live a life others only dream about. Join us each Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific time on the EWN Radio Network. To download this week's show, listen to past shows, or learn how to be a guest on the show, visit TurnKnowledgeToProfit.com. Past shows are also available at EWNRadioNetwork.com and through iTunes and Stitcher. Until next time, remember, great companies are built around great products. Leverage your knowledge to live the life of your dreams. Let's continue the conversation and turn your knowledge into profit.